You're listening to the best of the TomBernardShow.com, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? <laughs> well, I'd like to know if I was married to a horror piece of shit. <laughs> you could just look at her license. My. Special stripe. That was amazing. Oh, my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use them, sir. <laughs> it's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank you, Tom. You're just delicious. This is why I drink. We're here today with Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Michael, what's going on? You know, we keep getting phone calls, and it's interesting because people try to handle a lot of stuff on their own, or they try to talk to the adjusters, or they wait, um, and they think maybe it'll cost them money if they talk to me. And, you know, we tell them it's free to talk to us. Um, I go through what their rights are, and, you know, we try to help them as best we can. We don't sign everyone up. Sometimes I just give them advice, and they go from there and then call us back later. But the key is is that they don't know all their rights or they're not told all their rights by the adjuster. And that's one of the things we try to make sure that they get, you know, they get that understanding uh, so they can help themselves and their families as best they can. And the number is? Is 800 or at the website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Brad, Sean Bryant, Michael Bryant, thank you. Seeking justice for the injured, Brad, Sean Bryant. Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast, brought to you, as always, by Bradshaw and Bryant. Kicking off the show this week, we had comedian Joe List in studio, living for the moment. Next! Hey, thanks. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> things are going really well today. <laughs> Called you here today for a bit of bad news. I like it. We're making Joe nervous as hell. <laughs> no, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> well, you we're happy to have you. You don't remember this song? Yeah, I do. Ohio, Ohio players. Ohio See, I player, tied it baby. into a oh, shirt. Oh, nice. There you go. Say, so, didn't the guy get killed on a roller coaster? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, right. They tried to claim on Roller Coaster was a song by Ohio players. Oh, yeah, And there's yeah, a person yeah. screaming as the roller coaster got out. Yeah, that person got killed. Oh, that's fun. It doesn't make any, like... He fell out of the roller coaster. Yeah, they whatever. would... Uh, yeah, they said it? that, like, a, someone got murdered in the studio while right. they were recording, and they just... Yes. <laughs> how does that explanation make more sense they, than they, they're not even Italian. on roller coaster? They, they, right. had, one, they had one album called Skin. Skin. And she was wrapped... The, on the cover, it was always this woman. Ooh, we like she women. was wrapped in a uh, boa constrictor, and they claimed that she was killed by the boa constrictor. Oh, yeah, oh. that's right. And then wow. the next album was called Honey, and there was honey poured all over, and she supposedly suffocated because it, skin couldn't breathe. This you know, band killed a lot of people. <laughs> 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 oh my God. That's exactly right. You know. <laughs> Killing everybody. Let's wow. kill one person per album, and then. So, what did you grow up listening to? 
I'm a big classic rock guy. I've always been Are a you? rock guy. Yeah, Stones and uh, Beatles and Zeppelin and The Who and the 90s rock. I came up 90s rock, like Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, all those bands. Pearl Jam was damn good. Yeah, I've seen uh, Pearl Jam 41 times live. I'm a bit of... You've seen him 41 times? Yeah, yeah. I love Pearl Jam. You ever seen him in his his army helmet? Uh, No, that was like too young for me. That was early on in the the Lollapalooza days, 92 or so. Oh, that's true, yeah. um, Yeah, yeah. And then I've seen Eddie Vedder a few times solo. Yeah, I love the Pearl Jam guy, yeah. Are you like a Metallica guy too? Not Metallica as much. I like Metallica. Like, I respect, but I... I just don't have the mood of like a da 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 da. I just don't have that. I don't know when to listen to that. You know what I mean? Like a lot of bands, I'm like, I'm really into this, but I'm like, I just don't have like that young anger or anything to be like. Yeah, that's a problem, Joe. Devil or whatever. Devil coming to get you. Yeah, not that. Not that Metallica's devil music, but you know, like I just don't. I just realized something. When I can't sleep, it's because I listen to Metallica before I go to bed. You just made the point to me. It kind of jacks up a little bit. Yeah. No, I get it. Like Enter Sandman, if I hear it on the not that I listen to I a lot of radio anymore, but yeah, yeah, that that's great. I and, love um, that song. But there was a time when I was into Metallica. I just like I said, I just don't have King Nothing. You like King Nothing? That's like a that was like a little later, right? Yeah, it was. Um, it was from uh, Load. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, Load was the one they were like everyone was like they sold out, man. Yeah, they also put like blood and sperm on the cover. Yeah, I remember hearing that oh, also, and that killed somebody. Somebody drank it and died. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Somebody drank the blood and then they got AIDS and died. The yeah, Ohio yeah. players exactly. came over to the Metallica yeah. studio. <laughs> <laughs> and they killed a few um, people. There was one other album, Fire. And that's Fire. when she burned up in the house. Oh, oh she burned in the house. It's right. the same lady. She kept coming right. back. She, 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 kept back. Yeah. Wow. she kept coming back from the it's dead. a tough Absolutely. lady. Yeah, well, you would imagine that's probably true. <laughs> but yeah, I just saw the Stones a few weeks ago on the on oh, this tour. Did? Yeah, at uh, Gillette so Stadium. He's okay now. Yeah, they're fine. I mean, like they were. It's it's definitely they're seventy six years old. Like, it's a good show, but it's definitely yeah. Like Mick gets a little out of breath, and uh, he has to kind of oh. sing a little differently. We well, just had a heart deal. Yeah, yeah, but uh, everything yeah, slowed down a little bit. Like painted black was kind of like I see a red. <laughs> I'd like for it to be a little sad. Painted black. <laughs> like you feel it like it's like not like it used to have like that the original but it feels almost like a punk song. It's like that right, does, yeah. But uh it's definitely a little slowed down and they're old, but it was still exciting, you know. Well we're seeing it. I thought so, yeah. It was fun, definitely. Man, I tell you, uh I, it's been a long time since I've seen the Rolling Stones now, but last time I saw them. Mick works a runway. It, he never stops moving. It's amazing. No, it's it's still like that. It's crazy. It is really. I think they would actually function better as just like a straight blues band now. Because like they play a couple of blues numbers and it's great. Like if they just right. stood there and were just like kind of jamming and playing those slow blues numbers, but instead they're kind of running all over the place. You're like, stop running, catch your breath, <laughs> and just kind of focus. Yeah. Do yourself a favor if you've never. You ever heard the album Out of Our Heads? Yeah, yeah, of course. It's one of the greatest albums ever recorded. Yeah, I mean, I'm My a huge, God, it's a great album. huge Stones guy. Yeah, Are I love you? it. Yeah, all the way back to Satisfaction. Yeah, I love that early stuff. I love uh, December's Children, all that stuff. And um, um, were you happy when they killed Brian Jones? Yeah, I think that he deserves to uh, pass away. Went to the Ohio Players' house and. No, no, he was a. Uh, he was phenomenal. He was amazing, but I think their best for me, the best stuff was the Mick Taylor years. Those yeah, like, um, yep. those big four albums there. Yeah, hell of a hell of a player. Ronnie Woods, okay. I love Ronnie. Yeah, uh, he's go. very likable. <laughs> he's very. I think he still likeable. smokes too. He actually is a really good guy. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he seems is. like a seems he like a good guy. Yeah. Um, I've never met Mick. I, I, our former governor Tim Pawlenty was in. Uh, I believe he's at the Taj Mahal. Yeah, I think that's where he was. 
and he was standing next to, now Tim's about 6'2", something like that, and he was standing next to Mick Jagger, whose girlfriend, he said, is at least a foot taller than he is. Oh, wow. And he said, Mick is about four foot ten. He's just really tiny guy. <laughs> yeah. He's got that, that, oh, that whole deal. I do remember now, this is, I was 11, mm-hmm. and they announced this new band, the Rolling Stones. We're going to play some Rolling Stones for you. And this guy was uh, explaining the song before he hit it. He said, uh, I think you're going to, of course, you talked like this, you know, back in those days. Of everybody course. talked like this on the radio. And ladies and gentlemen, the Rolling Uglies. <laughs> really? He referred to them as the Rolling Uglies. Oh, right? wow. <laughs> It's a little harsh. <laughs> oh, was he making fun of them? I thought it was like oh, yeah. a typo. Oh, no, no, I no. see. No, he was making fun of how oh, ugly I they you. were. Oh, wow. Well, you know, they did look a little bedraggled at times, but, yeah. you know. But then uh, sex symbols very quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember at 11 years old, I was like, what the hell is it? Why did he say that? Yeah, yeah. And I didn't care for it. I do remember that. Right. But that was a hell of an era, man. The Rolling Stones, the Beatles, Muhammad Ali. I mean, you can all list. Man, a lot of things happened in the early 60s. Yeah. Very, very cool. So you were born what year? 82. 82. Andy, he's four <laughs> years older than you. Yes. It all works out in the end. 82. 82. Sure does. I was a young college man then. You were down. I was, that was my first go around at KQRS before I got fired. Then I came back in 86. <laughs> did you even know that, Brandon? I, I was there once I, before. No, I didn't know that. Yep. Uh, one of my coworkers stole another worker's purse, and I said, man, give him the purse back. I wouldn't do it. So I got, I got a little rough with the whole deal, mm. and they fired me. Oh, jeez. I don't know. you got to show them what's going on over there, JB. Came <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, but, I mean, she's getting robbed, and I help her, and I get fired. What the oh, hell's yeah. that? That doesn't that, seem fair. That, that's happened to me the only time I've been fired. Really? Uh, working at – I was home for a summer working at McDonald's. Mickey D. And – Whack somebody Arnold. did not. Whack Arnold. <laughs> Whack Arnold. Somebody didn't mop the floor correctly, and oh, a gal slipped. Oh, jeez. In, in the back kitchen area, and I can see her knee starting to swell. So I grabbed. I had some first aid training. I grabbed a plastic bag, put ice on her knee, and this, the managers told me to take it off. I'd be fired because I was messing with his insurance. Oh God! Weird. And I said, I'm not taking it off. She's hurt so i mean to the point where we had to call an ambulance in and all that stuff hmm. and the bag of ice was sitting next to her when they showed up and the first question was why isn't the ice on her there knee you go. right and i just turned and looked at him and he just turned his back to me at that point oh jeez! should have said i'm gonna cancel your insurance <laughs> <laughs> and he fired you for that and then he fired me he wouldn't have me back oh wow oh, that guy yeah, seems sure, like a good i'm sure jerk. it was that that's the reason you got fired <laughs> no. that's all right the next summer i worked for the u.s attorney's office so i do I, remember that yes i could roll back in and look at him like I'm going to bust your ass. So you're saying that's better than McDonald's. Yes. <laughs> Just want to confirm. Yes. yes. Way better. better. Very better McDonald's. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I was, uh, a, fr- I was a fed yeah. for those two oh, wow. summers. Yeah. He was a fed. I still think I still have the ID from it. Oh, that's nice. Because <laughs> it got me. I got pulled You still off. have your FBI or whatever the hell it is ID? U- U.S. Attorney's Office. U.S. Attorney's Office. Why don't you help me then? Wow. I was uh, oh, that's a thick in a wallet. Co- I Look was at that a- wallet. I carry in my front pocket, though. 
Yeah, well, I carry my wallet in my front pocket yeah. also. That's from your because you're from Boston. That's but, from uh, my, my 1996 Washington D.C. trip, <laughs> our, our school trip. They were like, "Keep your wallet in the front." And I've done it ever since. Wow. Well, my um, really? my um, some buddies of mine. Why didn't they were, put your picture on here? And my picture is on ah! here. <laughs> <laughs> some buddies and I were wow. in a car, and we were, you know, yes, people. This was the 80s, so calm down. We were yelling out the window at some gals. We got pulled over in Clayton. In, was, oh, that was not that was not smart thinking on your part. I want you to know so, that. So the cop goes, JB. Oh, nice. oh, wow. So the cop goes. He says his picture's on there, but I don't see it. <laughs> they could have used a flash. Go <laughs> <laughs> your right in stride now. Man. That's phenomenal. You're right in stride. Uh, so I love it. So the cop asked for ID. <laughs> And my friends were throwing their driver's license on the car, and yeah. all of a sudden it popped in my head. Oh, we're not use that. I whipped this oh, out because I knew man. if he would abuse us, he knew. I'll whip this out. I looked over at you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he knew that I knew the people that were going to oh, prosecute his butt. Right. right, right. So I threw that down. You're unbelievable. <laughs> and he, he looked at it, and he looked at the back, and he looked at it, and he goes. Shut up and get out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's that's you got to play the cards you oh, yeah. got. Yeah, you do. It's a smart so, move. Smart move. I would still I pull that idea out now if I got pulled over. If I were you, once you give it to him, let him. You know, <laughs> officer, I'd want you to know this is me. <laughs> this is me right here. Did you always know you wanted to be a comedian? Yeah, definitely. Real, real so. young. Yeah, uh, you've always been funny, haven't you? I think so. Yeah, I always wanted to do it. I always wanted to be. Fun. I mean, I was really shy, like painfully shy when I was a kid. Way to break through. But yeah, um, yeah I definitely want. I remember when I grew up, like the eighties, uh, late eighties, early nineties. It was like always on. Like A and E had uh, comedy, MTV oh, yeah, had comedy, yeah. VH1 had VH1 Spotlight. Yep. So it was just like constantly uh, there. And then Carlin was doing all those HBO things. Right. So it was like um, it was so Man. prominent. You grew up in that kind of sweet spot for comedy. Richard Pryor and George Carlin. My God. Yeah, it was exciting. Steve Martin was breaking at that point. Yeah, he was. A lot of really good stuff. Yeah. Rodney was... Rodney, Rodney was... Um, God. People were really starting to yeah. find out about Rodney Dangerfield. There was yeah. a lot of people. The problem was that the uh, comedy <laughs> boom ended right before I started doing right. comedy. Well, so you I started it, really kind of, brought it back. It ended, so yeah, yeah. Good. Well, now it's booming even no, more than the you. 80s, it feels like. Joe List uh, said he's coming in, so we've got to get it back rolling. That's yeah, yeah. Like that. <laughs> I appreciate it. Pick it up. <laughs> no, yeah, why not? But, but seriously, looking back at that, man, you when you were like five, six years old, it was really hot. Yeah, yeah, that was like late 80s or in the, into the early 90s. Was like, 90, it was like yeah. crazy. But then it kind of it got too much, which I think might be uh, happening now where there's like you just meet thousands of comedians. Right. You know, like, it's really funny you bring that up because we were, were talking about that whole situation. And, you know, some can do this and some can do that. It didn't used to have the restrictions on it that it does now. Right. So, you know, like the booker at, at the morning show. Like, did you, were you not, were you not able to come in and do the morning show? I came yeah. in yesterday. So, oh, like, afternoon. I just did yeah, I got yeah, in the afternoon. So. Yeah, see, and that happens too. Yeah. See, so, you know, it just makes it, it's a different business now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. It's weird. Well, I'm glad it's, you came into this show. That's terrific. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. I have nothing to do, so. <laughs> oh, well, it's what a compliment. I well, I mean. I mean, I'm as not, much as this sucks, it's better than doing nothing. Well, there was, those are two separate thoughts. I'm happy to be here, period, new paragraph. New I had nothing paragraph. to do today. Um, 
But no, I'm happy to be here. And my wife is here also, but she and she's a comedian, but she passed fully, so you should be angry at her. (laughs) She said, "My wife is a comedian. She's opening for me." Oh, she is. And they said, "Hey, bring her along." And she was like, "Nah, I don't want to." What is she out shopping? So uh, (laughs) she might be shopping. She's older than me. She's 41. She's old, old. She's old old woman. Yeah, she's gross old. Uh, (laughs) Yo, I'm kidding. She'll never. So what's her name? Her name is Sarah Talamash. Talamash? Talamash. Uh, I think that's Scottish. Um, oh, yeah, Scottish, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. descent. But she's actually, she was born in South Africa, actually. Her father's South African. So she really? could never be president. That, and she's a woman, so. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is she from Boston as well? No, no, she's from Houston. I mean, she was born in South Africa and grew up in Houston. Wait a minute. She's Scottish, born in South Africa, and moved to Houston? Yeah, she's got a lot. She wears a lot of hats. She lives in New York. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. she lives in New York. Yeah, yeah. Are you, well, in 41 years, you can get a lot in. I right. suppose well, that's true. Uh, uh, so you live in New York now? Live in New York, and yeah. We're, we're in New York. In Queens, in Astoria. Oh, phenomenal. Yeah, I love well, it. I do, too. We used to live at 20th Street and 2nd Avenue in Manhattan. Thought it was phenomenal. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's getting just, extremely expensive. Matter of fact, I, I was doing voiceover, and I lived there, and... Every commercial you heard throughout your entire childhood that was me going, Copley Place in Boston. Oh, wow. I was always going, Copley Place in Boston. Oh, that's What do you think of that? What's that? Faneuil Hall. It's a, like a building. Oh. Okay. It's a shopping center or something, isn't it? Yeah, or, yeah. Well, it's fa- a bunch of different things. I, yeah. I don't know. That's all I ever did was work. Just, <laughs> still, that's all I ever do. It's terrible. You see the this horrible, you know, brand that's just like, I know, man, it's just really bad. He is <laughs> Feel sorry for me. No. I think it's phenomenal. So, so where did you meet your wife? I met her just in comedy. I don't remember actually meeting her. I, I, you, you, her? you always want like I used to be. I, I quit. <laughs> I, I quit, but that is why I don't remember. Yeah. But so, everyone has like these great you know meeting stories, and right, like she was right. just a girl. She was a comic that I just kind of knew. And then, also, you uh, already knew who she was. Yeah, we kind of cool. we met someone. She remembers kind of meeting me, but it was just kind of like another comic I had met, and then I just always remember her being around. And then we lived two blocks away from each other. Oh, that's cool. And we kind of, our uh, singleness synced up. Like, she got single, I got single, and then oh, we just kind of okay. thought, well, why don't we just have sex? <laughs> and then uh, we did. And then we were two blocks apart. So you're like, we can't break up. We're going to be bumping into each other. Yeah, yeah. And then, so then you true. just kept dating. And then after a while, you're like, all right, well, now it's too late to break up. We might as well get married. And here we are. And matter of fact, today is our two-year anniversary. We got married two years ago today. It must, be going, must uh, be going well if she didn't want to spend the day with I'm you. I'm doing a radio show. She's, uh, <laughs> yeah, think about that, though. She didn't want to come. What does that tell you, Joe? I don't know. Well, I don't know if it says... Uh, I don't know what it you says, or me. But... It's one of the two of us. Well, today is our... We got married in the at City Hall, and then we had a big wedding uh, ceremony on the 19th. So that's like our real anniversary. The but today is the day we officially got married. That's cool. Two years ago. Two years ago, that's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I got married, I was 30... The hell was I? Thirty three, maybe thirty four. So about the same age you when yeah. you got married. Little, little younger. Yeah, I was thirty five. Yeah. Yeah, because we're 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 kind of a different situation. Because I met my wife, Andy's mother, uh, and she's eight years younger than me. And so we went out. Well, she interviewed me actually. I was because I was doing the voiceover thing. She yeah. Wanted to. She was in college and we interviewed about the voiceover thing. So we did that, and then we had dinner and. I just was having a ball telling jokes and screwing around, and she was laughing her ass off. And it ended up she she loved the fact that that I could make her laugh. Yeah. But the only reason I was doing that is 
I didn't figure out how to shot anyway, so I didn't really care. Right, right. You know what I mean? There was no pressure. Yeah. Like, oh, good. Hey, here you go. Yeah, that's the best way. To, that's like auditions and stuff. Yeah, it's kind of like, to, it's the best way to do it. It's like exactly the end of Shawshank right. when Morgan Freeman's like, I don't really give a, a hoot. And that's how he gets we can you know, this. accepted. No. Shit. Good. <laughs> well, shit, we'll be right back. That's what Joe lives. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. on the best of you should mention the minnesota renaissance festival opens this weekend uh check it out it's fun usually uh coming up next we had director anthony c ferrante from zombie tidal waves to sharknados he covers it all next We are back in the saddle, ladies and gentlemen. L.A. Nick is here. Andy's here. Anthony C. Ferrante, our special guest. How you doing, Anthony? I'm doing great. How you guys doing? Doing Good. extremely well. I just, uh, this morning I, I, I did a movie trailer for Anthony C. Ferrante. So, uh, you know, I told him his next movie. I'll have to do the movie trailer for him. <laughs> It worked like a charm. Sci-fi shark-themed off-the-deep-end weekend features premiere of zombie tidal wave starring Ian Ziering. Sci-fi unleashes off-the-deep-end weekend. It is this Saturday, August 17th, and Sunday, August 18th, featuring all your favorite sci-fi shark movies, which means all your favorite Anthony C. Ferrante movies. The real ones, anyway. Right, Anthony? <laughs> yeah, we got all the Sharknados. That's, that's the important one. <laughs> I love the Sharknados. Sharknado is a great movie. <laughs> Yeah, L.A. Nick is here. I like Sharknado. I do, too. Thank I, you. Well, they're just, Anthony, you, you and I have talked about this many times before. I just like the fact that it's over the top, and it makes it fun. It's beautifully shot. I mean, the whole thing, I, I just, Ian Ziering does a great job in them. They're just a lot of fun. They're a ton of fun to watch. It's entertainment. Yep. It's, it's pure entertainment. Indeed. That's exactly right. Well, that's the goal. You know, that's that's the whole plan of when we do these, like, Look, if we're having fun, then the audience is going to have fun, and you know we we, we try to we try to be as outrageous and crazy and fun as possible. And I was and, a, and there's no rules. I was so. a skeptic at first. I'm like, that's going to be stupid. But oh, was, I know. I was. I was skeptic I at saying. first. Yeah, but it's sure. not. It's entertaining when you watch it. Indeed, it's true. I love your new your new title. By the way, I I, I didn't even know this was a thing, but um, zombie tidal wave. Again, Saturday, August 17th, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central. A zombie-slinging tidal wave hits a small town causing maritime mayhem. Stars Ian Ziering, who also produces and directed by... You ready for this? Directed by Sharknado franchise Helmer. What do you think of that title, Anthony? I think that's a pretty amazing title there. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. I think it's a wonderful title. Aren't you the franchise Helmer for Sharknado? So, um, tell me about zombie tidal wave. It all starts. So, so zombies are. Where, do they fall into the ocean? Are they at the bottom of the ocean? What happens? Well, it, it starts off. Uh, where it's, it's set in a uh, U.S. territory, a, a fictitious one we call Emrys Bay. E M R Y S. If you look that up, it, it stands for immortal. Of course, there has to be an in joke <laughs> for everything, right? Uh, and. Uh, Basically, uh, there's there's something going on at the bottom of the ocean, and there are uh, are 
you know, some undead things down there that get sucked up into a tidal wave and it splashes onto Amherst Bay's shore and you end up with, uh, you know, total zombie mayhem. So it's, it's pretty cool. Now, Anthony, do you live in, in California? Yeah, I live in Los Angeles. Okay, so I can ask you this without breaking any laws or anything. Um, do you drink alcohol or, or smoke pot at all? Because... You come up with some pretty amazing ideas. That do you do that when you're straight? That's pretty good. Yeah, actually, that's. I always tell people that's the thing that uh, that 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 is that we do these movies without being under the influence of drugs and alcohol, and that's what should really scare you. <laughs> you're unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah, this is, this is sober filmmaking. Can you imagine what unsober filmmaking would be? <laughs> oh, okay. well, John Houston pretty much was. Well, that's it? rare in Los Angeles. Yeah, that is rare in Los Angeles, probably. Uh, I should mention, by the way, also airing Sharknado, Sharknado 2, the second one, Sharknado 3, Oh Hell No, Sharknado, The Fourth Awakens, Sharknado fifth, uh, 5, excuse me, Global Swarming, and then the last Sharknado, It's About Time, right? I didn't know there was six yep. of them. Oh, no, there, there are a lot more, but but those are the ones that Anthony's, because Zombie Shark, Shark, Sharktopus, Sharktopus versus... Terracuda. And I, by the way, if I am ever born again, if I come back again, I want my name to be Terracuda. I love that name. Yeah. Terracuda is a great uh, name. It really is. Atomic Shark, Dam Sharks, Five-Headed Shark, Six-Headed Shark, Frenzy, Megalodon. You know, it's funny about that. We mentioned this yesterday, Ian, and my son Andrew was the producer on the show here. Uh, and he said, I, I told him about Five-Headed Shark and Six-Headed Shark, and Anthony doesn't do those. Those are not his films. And Andy said, what about a one-headed shark? That's fun. <laughs> and that would be Anthony C. Ferrante. So there you go. It was actually a shark attack this, yeah. this last week. Another one? Yeah. Man, there have been a lot of sharks. Anthony, do you, do you even pay attention to that? Because I noticed that, that the shark attacks this year seem to be at a higher rate than ever, and I, I don't know what would cause that. The cause is that there isn't a Sharknado this year. See? You know? yeah, it's your fault. <laughs> you know, we don't have... we. Don't have Ian Zering with a chainsaw, you know, taking care of some of these sharks before they become a real problem. You know, yeah, I know. So that's, that's that's the issue. I know. And by the way, the next time I talk to Ian Zering, I'm going to go, "Hey, big shot, executive producer, really? Ian Zering producer? <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to I have to go after him for that. You do know that, right, Anthony? Yeah, you go you go right ahead. <laughs> He's a great sure, guy. I'm sure he won't come. I'm sure he won't come after you with a machete or anything like well, that. that. He might come after you with a snarl. I don't, he'll, he'll do he'll do the snarl from the first Sharknado. <laughs> that is a great snarl. That is a very yeah, good snarl. He, he might be in trouble. So, <laughs> so Anthony, when you sit down and you're going to do, you know what? I've already done all these Sharknados, like six of them, seven of them, whatever it is. I think it's seven. Um, where am I going next? I mean, how did you decide where to head next? Well, I, this was actually something that uh, I had come up with a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, and uh, uh, he'd talked to me about it then, and nothing was going on with it. And uh, finally, uh, right after we finished uh, Sharknado 6, uh, he got a green light, and we were off and running. So we, we filmed this uh, last fall in Thailand. Oh, in uh, Thailand you did? Yeah, yeah. That's pretty That's cool. actually, you know, what, one, of the, one of the things that's interesting is that uh, you know, if you're going to do a zombie movie where you have people with makeup, mm-hmm. let's go to the hottest place with the, <laughs> the, the biggest humidity, and let's watch all the makeup like slowly slide down the face. Well, I mean, at, least, at least you were the there. 
At least you were there in the fall, though. You go there in the summer. Oh God! Yeah. Well, no, no. It just it makes it. You know, the you know sometimes you know you're losing some of the makeup because of you know the spotting and stuff. So you had to keep an eye on that stuff uh, with the zombie thing. So that that's that's the tricky part. I mean, shooting there was rich. Just that you know trying to trying to keep the makeup from from you know bleeding and stuff is is, is really you know that was that was the hard part. How about just filming it? I mean, how, how much time do you spend? Let's say you're in because it's extremely humid and it's hot as hell. So, would you cut back uh, uh, shooting for a, a couple, of, one or two hours a day if it got really too hot, or you just shoot right through? No, no. You have you, we have we, you know a studio movie like this would be like you know a hundred million dollars plus and they'd have probably like 50 to 100 days mm. we have like you know no money and 17 <laughs> days to shoot it so so you have 17 days to shoot you're shooting as much time as they give you the the gun goes off at like you know seven in the morning and you're non-stop until until you wrap so yeah you you don't you don't have the luxury of going yeah it's a little hot i'm gonna I'm going to go inside the the laboratory and 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 chill. And by the way, let, let me let me let, let me let me preface what I mean the laboratory there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, notoriously on regular movie shows anywhere ever the uh uh you know, the porta potties and stuff are the most disgusting place on set. I mean, they're just they're 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 so disgusting you will never ever want to go in and use it. Okay. In Thailand, the bathrooms are the most luxurious place, and you know why they're luxurious? Why? It's because a they keep them super clean, but it is like the most amazing air conditioning you ever have felt. So you like you're outside and it's you know hundred oh. degrees plus, and you want to cool off, you go to the bathroom. That's how you cool off in <laughs> Thailand on a movie set, and that is that's the only place in the world that you'll ever want to go to the bathroom every day. It, it was it was it was amazing. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. So so the the buildings aren't necessarily air conditioning air conditioned, but the toilets are. Oh, it's it's just you no. Know, we were shooting on an island, so I think we're just you know. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so there we're, is no we were building outdoors all <laughs> yeah. the time. So you know, it was uh, you know, it, it was it was hot. Now, <laughs> it long, was hot. How long were you on the island, Anthony? Uh, we started. We went to Bangkok uh, to prep, which was the beginning of November, and then uh, I think two or three weeks later we went to Krabi uh, Island, and then we were there uh, basically uh, till the mid mid December. So so we were there almost a month and a half. So how does that work? I mean, what do you do when you're not? I suppose you're working like a madman, so you're tired. But what do you do for enjoyment and thrills when you're on a, an island, a deserted island, for a month and a no half? No time for me that. No, you work. You work. You, work. Yeah, the, you yeah, just the work. Act, the actors, the actors had had time to go, you know, play with the elephants and do other things. But uh-huh. you know, generally, general. I mean, look, we, you know, we'll scout and we'll go do things like that, and um, that'll be, uh, you know, that'll be kind of like part of the vacation. I will say though. You know, you know, we only have like a day. We have a day off in between each work week, just because of the schedule. But uh, one of our days off, um, which was, uh, we had to do some underwater filming uh, for the of, of the ship, and it was just you know a cameraman, and you know we went out on the boat, and so we're going out in the middle of the, this island over in Krabi, and uh, it's it's like you're out, out there in the middle of nowhere. I couldn't die because I'm going to dive. 
but I basically jumped into the ocean where we were, and I just kind of chilled while we were waiting for the divers to come back up with footage. And I'll say that, that honestly, that day was the most relaxed day in the world, just to be able to <laughs> yeah. sit in paradise in the ocean, just, you know, as, as we're having, like, you know, zombie extras float up in the water, and you have a little underwater camera filming them and stuff. It, it was, that, that was actually, a, that, that was, that was actually a, a vacation at that point. I was like, okay, this is cool. Yeah, that is really nice if it felt like a vacation. Do you, um, you know, without giving anything away uh, in the movie, because I certainly want, want you to do that, but so, so so there's zombies, they come out of the ocean, so whatever that disturbance is at the bottom of the ocean creates the zombie, or zombies are the, are the zombies? How does that work? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, there's there's something that happens at the bottom of the ocean. We It's part of the story that we, right. we reveal later. Right. They get sucked up in the tidal wave. They get deposited on the island. And then uh, it kind of turns into sort of an old-school 1980s Lucio Fulci zombie movie. So you just have total mayhem on on shore. And it's up to Ian, group, uh group of uh, sort of people to figure out how, how they're going to do it, how they're going to stop this thing. Uh, it's a, it's actually it. a really, really, really gory movie, which I'm I'm surprised they let us get away with on the network. Uh, we we actually uh, we shot so much gore, and we decided to deliver to the network something for approval that was you know more than we wanted in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then standards and practices came back, and they go, "Oh, this is fine." I'm like, really? <laughs> well, we we have a. We have we have a zombie biting into the back of someone's skull, literally ripping off the skull and blood like flowing for like a minute, and you're fine with it. So once they approved it, we just kind of pared it back to where we wanted it to be, and, uh, and it was good. So there was no sense there was no censoring on the thing. It was like you know in the '80s this would have been a uh, uh, this would have been an unrated movie, you know, and you know, no one under seventeen admitted, and and here it's like in you know twenty twenty nineteen. Ah, fine, times are changing. So, so, Someone's head. We had this great zombie head explosion. I mean, it's it's just gorgeous. It's this really, really amazing, and we got to show as much as we wanted of it. So I love that. Have you thought about doing a Sharknado game? Ooh, I like it. There's big money in games, you know. Well, they do have a slot machine, but I'll 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 I'll, I'll raise your uh, game and uh, I'll give you an amusement park. So <laughs> I went to Malaysia last week. Uh, and uh, they uh, there's a, a, a park there uh, called Sunway Lagoon. It's a it's a water park and it has some rides. And uh, they just debuted the first Sharknado attraction called Sharknado Alive. Oh, it's awesome. branded all across the park, and it's the most insane thing like I've ever seen. Like to think that six years ago we would have. Uh, we would have a, a theme park attraction, uh, you know, that that's like an impossibility for a film like this. And in Malaysia. And we had just, in Malaysia. Yeah, that's and, pretty cool. Uh, Malaysia's we, we a, just re- we, that's a spectacular yeah, place to be, too. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, no, it's, it, I mean, Malaysia's like, you know, it's it's all, it's like suburbia. I mean, where we were at, it's no different than, uh, you know, something here at Universal or, yep. or Disneyland. And it was, uh, it's just weird seeing all the branding, and then they have to play our theme song in the park, and it's like all these kids are going to grow up. They have like a three-year deal with this thing. It's going to be That's pretty cool. The kids are going to be growing up with Sharknado there. So if they if they weren't familiar with it now, they they certainly will be. And by the time they're done, now. Anthony, I, I want to I want to hand something off to you because you could use this for to sell your next like Zombie Two, 
the second title wave. Okay, you can use it for that movie. <laughs> um, I was in a theater when I was a little boy in North Minneapolis in the inner city, a very inner city audience watching a zombie movie, The Mummy. Like, not a zombie, but a mummy movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the mummy catches this guy and starts dismembering the guy. And a young, dazzling urbanite in the theater yells out, How you can't outrun a mummy? So you could use that as your cell line. How you can't outrun a zombie? That'll be your cell line. What do you think? I, I think I think it's I think it's pretty good. Yeah, you're gonna pass. But, 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 they, but they can't. But but they can't. They can't. They can't outrun zombies on this one. Sometimes. Sometimes they have to fight them. So I understand toe to toe. Depends on how uh, how smart you are and how how uh, flexible you are as a as a runner. <laughs> I suppose that's true. Uh, Anthony, thank you so much for your time. Always a great uh, thrill talking to you. Looking forward to this Saturday, August 17th, the Off the Deep End Weekend Zombie Tidal Wave starring Ian Ziering, Anthony C. Ferrante. Thank you, sir. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. You guys have a great weekend. You too, sir. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Anthony C. Ferrante on the best of. Coming up next, closing out the show. We're opening up the vault. All the way back to episode 1021 with Steve O and Mike Lindell. Next. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Steve O at Rick Bronson's House Comedy tonight. Two shows tomorrow night, two shows Saturday, and a show on Sunday. Mike Lindell in studio as well from My Pillow. I was thinking of suing him before the end of the show, but you know, get I got to get hey, the man. right amount where you'll just pay me, so I don't right, have right. to actually sue you. That's the way, just... they <laughs> <laughs> That's the way they all do it. I have to bring some up to you, and you know, no pressure, but I want to take you someplace in North Minneapolis. You and I need to get in the car someday and go to North Minneapolis. There's a place over there. And I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a really religious guy. I grew up Catholic. Mm-hmm. And I certainly wouldn't, uh, you know, I'm not smart to tell, uh, enough to tell anybody, oh, you're doing it wrong, you know. It's whatever makes people happy. That's what I don't understand. So, you know, there's this church over there that invited me to one of their services. And knowing that I'm a heathen, <laughs> you know, they already knew that. But it's a, it's an, it's a black church. <laughs> Even Tevin didn't pay attention. But you're really not paying attention. What? Sorry. <laughs> he said the word black. black. You're supposed to say it. Whenever I say the word black, you got to perk up. Black Church, North Minneapolis. Black Church, it. North Minneapolis. Very good, Tim. Uh, it's called Holsey Christian Methodist Episcopal, but I didn't know they put all that stuff together. Right. But they invited me to come over because I grew up in North Minneapolis, and I love North Minneapolis, mm-hmm. and any way I can help them. You know, when the tornado hit, I offered my help, mm-hmm. and the mayor didn't even bother to return my call. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, uh, the supermarket, our family, that gave us credit when my mother didn't have any money to feed the family, the supermarket gave us credit, burned to the ground. I called the mayor again and said I would love to help reconstruct the building or whatever. I don't want anything. I'm not in this for what I don't want right. anything. Never turn, return my phone call. Really? So the, oh. this Holsey CME called me. And Reverend Hester, by the way, Tevin, you'd love her. She's about four foot ten, but you would not want to piss her off. I can promise you that. She's phenomenal. She brings all these homeless people in for the services, feeds them, 
this is the sweetest woman on earth. And I sat there, and the bishop was there, and the elder was there, and, and the Reverend Hester was there. And they have all these homeless people. And these people are poor, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, poor, poor mm-hmm. people. These are people I grew up with, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'd love you to go over there and meet her because she is inspired. You would I love absolutely her. absolutely would. You know, this is yep, coinciding with the, you know, I didn't, uh, I'm, I, I will tell this now. It's on a separate separate platform here. But the, uh, I, my foundation launched this, this month in mm-hmm. 75 countries and then here in Minnesota. And we help the poorest of the poor, the right. homeless. That's the squares that are on there, 100% of the money goes to them. And then you hear back from them. Right. What a difference you made in their life. It's all what a concept, right? Right. Where all the money that's over here that my pillow's covering, and we have other entities. People, huge companies are jumping on board to pay the overhead. So there's no overhead for it. So if you get, if you're a yeah. giver, you help this. And we were working with all these organizations here in Minneapolis, and she would put her right on there and get. We're working with all these other ones where we're getting where we need to hear where the homeless are, where the needs are. Right. And, and these people would, I would really love need to your do help, that with you. I would go over there anytime. Um, let's wait till after the eighth. Steve, oh, you'd love this. <laughs> these people. Yeah, I'm okay. a little busy. Yeah, you're a little busy now. I, we can take care of that. I honestly got. So I go over there, and and the, and I told the bishop, I said, man, you got to get some more enthusiasm. He did that speech, man. It was fiery as hell. It was phenomenal. So he did a speech, and I'm talking to him afterward. Mm-hmm. But during the, his whole sermon was what, what you guys both talked about earlier. Right. His whole sermon was on, I'm glad I'm not who I was yesterday right. and that I am who I am today. Mm-hmm. It was not over the top with politics Absolutely. or even religion right. or anything. It's mm-hmm. just about, hey, don't worry about it. Somebody might call you during your show, right. and then you have to turn <laughs> it off. Uh, but, but the whole idea was, I'm glad I'm not who I used to be and that I am who I am today. Mm-hmm. And that's message all these homeless people and they got alcohol problems they got all kinds of problems man i saw several not just one or two several grown men bursted into tears right these people are dirt poor they would right. love it if we you know over. and you know it's a story like when my i have a documentary come on i even have a, a book called uh, and i'll tell it here it's uh it's called what are the odds this book is give is such a story of hope because you know this isn't you know for for you know, for yourself, Steve, or whatever, you know, you, you know, we have these addictions. There's People need to have hope coming out of them. You just can't go, okay, I'm not doing the drugs anymore, but the pain's still there. Yeah. You know, right. you've got to have some hope. You've got to have some, and you and to give people trust, you know, to, yeah, it's hard it. to, how long did it take people to trust you? You know what I mean? I like, still don't trust know? them. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Yeah. <laughs> But it's you know terrific. what I mean. It's, it's it's you need those things coming out at least to have some some hope and and uh, and some faith that things will change. You know, and to and to get you know, and that's another thing too with you know treatment centers nowadays. If they don't address, and you can probably say this, Steve, the if they don't address the pains, most of the stuff I believe comes from your childhood, the stuff that happened. Sure. You know, that man, mine was a divorce. You know, things that happened, and and if you don't address these things. You're just masking it anyway with the drugs, and 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 um, so not to get those fixed, and then to to concentrate to focus on that, and then focus on what's your life going to be. Let them do it. It's such a different lifestyle too mm-hmm. to be you know to be drug free and alcohol free and. It's and, scary uh, to make changes. Yeah, absolutely. At any level. Yeah, yeah exactly right. Mm-hmm. You just go well, status quo. One more day, one more day. You know, mm-hmm. my uh, my my last year. Things got so bad, and they say, well, when did you hit bottom? I go, I don't know if I hit bottom, but I do know that um, things kept happening, and I'm going, and I knew that um, for me it was, you know, 
God having this, you know, that he had this big platform for me with a pillow that was going to be an evangelistic platform. I'm going, okay, if you got this plan for me, I can just keep waiting another day, stand in front of semis. My sister called me up. She said, you got to quit standing in front of semis. You know, that door's going to close. <laughs> Someone else is going to be picked up. Yeah, well, there is that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my, my prayer was on the last day. You know, I was a little different because I didn't go to treatment, but I just had a prayer. I said, God, I want to wake up tomorrow morning and never have the desire again. I don't want to have the desire for um, cigarettes, alcohol, t- and drugs. And I woke up the next day, and I'm going, "Wow, something's different." You know, it was it was you know, prayer was answered. So I've had to kind of, oh, you know, I've, and I've kept my kept my word, going, "Okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is my giving back." You know, to helping people with the, you know, with addictions and stuff. So I think it'll be great. They'll, it'll be they'll, great. They're going to love, love it. to. Come they are going to love yeah, that. Yeah. Just anybody paying attention to them because mm-hmm. everybody ignore. Everybody likes to talk about, oh, we're reaching. Yeah, you know, we're doing this with you know, all these politicians, these right, bullshit right, politicians. Right. We're going to help the black people and we're going to help do this, the, the Spanish people, and it's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's not true in the least. They don't help. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's changed in the past 60, 70 years since since the right. Civil Rights right. Act? Uh, what fifty? Years ago, right. 50, 51 years ago. Oh, a lot has changed. I like what? <laughs> Ask Tevin. Would you get off your phone for great? What are you, two? <laughs> Close. Like a little child. <laughs> there have oh. been a lot of changes, man. Yeah. There are a lot yeah. of things we're not allowed to say now. Right. Right. <laughs> 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 that's why that's what I, I love about your comedy steve-o is because you do understand you do get it and that's where your comedy comes from that's why i love it it's very very honest comedy well lots change you can't make eye contact with so many people. Eye contact. you know when you do when you do tom when you talk about you know i'll definitely go there with you i've done I've done talks now like at uh, Union Gospel, Teen Challenge, where I went in there and talked. The addicts, they can all relate. It does give them hope, like Steve-O's story, my story, where, you, where they see oh, things, yeah. where people, wow, there is success. And you're still, you know, my friend, the last month before I quit, I had to ask him. He came out with me. His first guy I ever did cocaine with 20-some years ago, and he had been clean for three years. And uh, Dick came over, and he just out of the blue, and, he, and I said, you know what? I said, is it boring? You know, I had to ask him these questions that only, you know, I had to hear from that. You know, all these questions. Is it boring? How do you, you know, did you, didn't you have questions like that? See, was it going to be, you know, was it going to, was I going to be bored or, you know, are you? Yeah, I think for me, um, in, compared to what I had, what had been normal for me, which was it was impossible to get through a day without just creating such wreckage and, and then <laughs> yeah. bringing about such shame and, and, and remorse, regret, and humiliation that uh, boring would have worked. <laughs> boring, boring was okay. okay. You know? I guess there's that. Yeah. Right. There and is like, that. You know, when I, when I describe uh, sobriety to, to people who, who are thinking about it, I, 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 I make the comparison to, to getting into a pool. You know, like if you go to, to a pool a lot of the time, you know, like you stick your toe in the water. That water feels cold, man. You know, it feels, you stick your, your hand in it. It feels really cold. Yeah. think, man. And so, like, uh, if you're going to sort of tiptoe and walk in slowly, that's kind of torturing yourself. And it's not, uh, you know, you're not really going to get all the way in. The way to get in is to just to jump in fully, all the way in. Wow. Now, when you jump into the pool, it, it feels cold. There's no way around that. You know, it feels uncomfortable. But if you can just 
stay in there. You find in a very <laughs> short time, yeah. in a very yeah. short time, your body acclimates, and 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 really very quickly, you think to yourself, "Wow, it's really not that cold in here." I wonder, you know, it's like a. Wow, that's a great analogy. Are you going to sue me if I use that? (laughs) (laughs) Why not? You're you're welcome to. It really is quite quite that way. And and that's that's sort of the answer to the question of people asking, is life going to be boring if I get sober? I just think, you know what? Like uh, at first, hey, it's uh, it's uncomfortable. Sobriety right, is uncomfortable that's... at first, just like the pool is cold. Mm-hmm. But but stick with it, and uh, and you get used to it, and right. and it's and it's fine. And and the other thing about it too that that sort of makes it work as an analogy is that. Uh, you can't go around pushing people in the pool and expecting them to stay in. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. No, That's really good. People yeah. have to kind of... Uh, let it go in the pool. People have to... You know, you can't impart willingness on people when it comes to recovery. Like, uh-huh. it's something that uh, that people have to sort of discover on their own. And for whatever reason that you might get into it, maybe it's because you're in trouble with the law or you're losing your job or you want to have your kids back or whatever... Um, it's really about those 12 steps, you know, and when you were saying that just before that, that you have to address where the pain is, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what the steps are all about, yep, you know, absolutely. And, and, and that's how, you, you know, you, if just by taking away drugs and alcohol, you don't, you don't address what the issues are because right. the drugs and alcohol are really, the, they're just a symptom of what the issues absolutely. are. Absolutely. They're actually the solution to the issues right, until right. it stops working. You know, you say a good thing too, and you say, you know, whether it's uh, you get your kids back or a ticket or whatever, and you and you're forced to go in the pool. <coughs> right. You, know, you can make a good thing there. Just hang in there when you get out. Hang in there because it does get easier. Sure. You know. Yeah, and 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 swim around and paddle around a little right, bit. Right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. All right. By paddling around, I mean work those steps. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Oh, that's good. Yeah. Don't no. you think everybody? Look, whether they're an addict or they got problems or what, or they don't. Living your life one day at a time is a great idea anyway. Mm-hmm. It's a really great idea. Cleaning up your mess when you make one, is, that's, that's a good one, too. Why are you looking at me when you say it? <laughs> <laughs> Not just saying general. No, I, no, it's, I, I think that stuff is great. I think, you know... What's great about this is not, everybody talking about important issues, but not being overly serious or, or like lording over people about it. Mm-hmm. Just saying, hey, sure. it, this stuff works. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, when I went over to, to go and talk to people at Health Recovery Center, they said, well, so, so are you going to lose your job? And I said, oh, God, no. Well, do you miss work because you're drinking? I said, no, I don't. Well, are you going broke? No, I'm not going broke. Why the hell are you here? <laughs> right. I said, well... I did threaten to stab a guy in the chest with a steak knife at a restaurant a couple of weeks ago, so that's one of the reasons. <laughs> sure. Nah, hey, that it. counts. <laughs> yeah, that's something. Yeah, it occurs to me, too, you know, like, like I sit here, but I imagine that the people, the people listening thinking, man, like, who, who is this guy? I thought that Steve-O was on the show. <laughs> but, you know, the last time you were on the show, you revealed something that you said you had never talked about in public before. Well, I remember going into uh, to a lot of the history of uh, of you know like how, how the jackass started. Yeah, yeah. I remember it being a really interesting uh, conversation, and and, and 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 I enjoyed it a lot. You, you talked about a, a zine, or was it a zine, or was Big it Ray actually Big a Brother, magazine? Right? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And the whole history with Steve Rocco, I remember mm-hmm. it well. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Uh, uh, but yeah, you know, it's so, it's so funny that when when I went to rehab, because like. 
my life is a little bit like a double life almost. You know, it's like mm -hmm. yes. I, I'm, I'm this crazy maniac guy who, who, you know, sort of risks life and limb and is outrageous and does this, uh, you know, crazy one-man show that really celebrates my craziness. And at the same time, I'm, you know, sort of uh, like this man in recovery who's sort of thoughtful and, and really concerned with uh, very caring doing, doing the right thing and, yep. and sort of being healthy in, in, in all respects and on a spiritual path. Uh, and I didn't get to a place where I could kind of be both easily or quickly. You know, when, mm -hmm. I, when I was in, in treatment, when I first got sober, I, I, I didn't know if I could... Uh, if I could continue to pursue a career in the entertainment industry, because sure. you know, like to be so so kind of ego driven and 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 you know, in the spiritual sort of, you know, they just it seemed at odds. Right. And th the first thing that I did to kind of uh, you know sort of test the waters of working in entertainment was was the show Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, right. And right. and boy, was that. Uh, I remember. I remember when the idea came up. It's like, hey, you know, like, uh, I think I'm going to do this because it doesn't require me to travel. You know, I don't have to go like uh, where I'm going to be, like in some kind of faraway place, and and no support around me, and and maybe something will go wrong. Uh, I can just, you know, I, I was able to do my rehearsals just down the street from my little halfway house I lived in. I'd, I'd tape the show locally, and I didn't have to do anything particularly crazy or, or, or risky. And uh, so I thought, okay, I'm gonna do it. This is great. And then I, I wind up, you know, like it, it dawns on me in a terrifying way that, uh, well, I'm actually gonna be on live TV in front of 20 million people doing something <laughs> terrible. <at. laughs> doing something I'm genuinely terrible at. And I, and, and I remember, I remember I was in my little bed in my halfway house, uh, you know, the night before the, the uh, you know, the, the first episode. Looking up to the ceiling and thinking, I can't do it. I can't do it. Ah, I wanted to back out. And and in hindsight, I think uh, it's amazing that that there haven't been people who just got scared and backed out on on the first day. I think everybody went through sure. with it. Mm -hmm. But the first week, I got uh, I got injured. Um, you know, like uh, I, I, I like hurt my back a little bit. And I was on the show with uh, Steve Wozniak, who sure. he, he built the first Apple computer. Mm -hmm. so this guy's like a billionaire. It's like, what, he's on Dancing with the Stars. He's the only guy worse at dancing than me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for him, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and we were both, I think, endearing, like like endearing and, and sort of lovable characters on the show. I think it was great. Now, I, I went to Steve Wozniak, and I told him, this is, by the way, the most hilarious story ever. <laughs> I went to Steve Wozniak, and I told him, hey, you know, I hurt my back. Back. And so my backpack, uh, I want it to be lighter because it's straining me. So I told Steve Wozniak, I'm thinking about buying a MacBook Air so that my backpack will weigh less. Right. Now, what does he say to me? This is so awesome. He says, oh, cool. I'll go with you to the Apple store. You can you can, uh, you can can use my 10% employee discount. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, 10% employee discount. I could not turn that down. I just thought that was so funny. So, <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I met up with Steve Wozniak at the Apple store. <laughs> I, you know, and, 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 and I I picked out my computer. He he, uh, oh, he, got, he, he, he called over the, the, the guy on the floor, you know, the sales guy. Yeah. He says, "Oh, this is my the friend. Genius. He's going to buy. Yeah, he's going to buy this computer. He's going to use my my uh, my employee discount." The the the, the, the 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 floor guy looks at Steve Wozniak. He says, "But are you an 
Apple employee. Which is like gotta be the most, the most cardinal sin of any like oh dude, to not recognize Steve Wozniak. I bet, I bet the guy got fired. Oh, but, uh, but Steve Wozniak looks at him and he says, uh, with all this like, just humility and he says, Yeah, you know, it wasn't like being being uh, boastful or anything, but he says yeah, yeah. He says, "Yeah, I've got an employee. Uh, I've got, I've got an Apple employee number. It's, it's, it's one. <laughs> <laughs> it's one. It's one. I know. And and uh, that that whole experience, it was it was just so, it was un- uncomfortable as can be being on Dancing with the Stars, but uh, but sure enough, you know, I I, uh, I kind of navigated. I figured out the next project to come along was Jackass 3D." And I did not really have my voice yet, you know. I mean, I was like so like worried about like about everything, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know. But but gradually over time, like uh, I found my voice. And now, what's great is that I I, I consider not only is is life not boring, mm-hmm. but uh, not only am I not boring, but but I I'm just so so infinitely more creative. Mm-hmm. It's more present, more like like the things that I'm doing now, like with my live show, would not be possible back when I was drinking right. and doing right. drugs. It's just right. not possible. There's right. no way. Right. I can relate to that. It's like when I uh, when I quit quit everything, I'm going. I couldn't talk to two people in the same room. I mean, I, you know, like I'd have my employee meeting, and I'm going. There would be six of us. I'm going. Okay, can we do two at a time? You know, because <laughs> uh, I, I figured out I'd always had cocaine or a crutch whenever I'd been no, in, right. in public. You know, I had bars when I owned my bars. I would show off. I mean, I'd blow firecrackers off my head. I, you know, I would, you guys, I'm, I'm right. going, man. I was doing those things back in the bar days. You know, these different things. Sure. And, and you know, as a show up, and then all of a sudden, I find out I'm—I feel like an introvert once I quit the drugs, and I'm going okay. I know the last thing I'd ever think I would be doing would be speaking in front of you know yeah, right. people, and right. I'm and um and everyone's going, "What do you mean? You were you were actually shy?" I go, "Yeah, if I didn't have my drugs, but I always had the drugs." You know, uh-huh. but you do know? you guys have to get going, or can you stick around for a while? Yeah, I'm not necessarily in too much of a rush. I do have to get back to bed. <laughs> I mean, somebody get your pillow. I just want to take about an eight-minute break here and let let things uh, separate. Could, so if you guys can, can you stick around? Yeah, yeah. I think this is fascinating because sure, people are hearing stuff yes. here that they're never going to hear anywhere else. No. I love this. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. No, no, they're not. You don't mind? We'll take hey, an eight-minute break mind. and come right back, and then whatever time you got to go after that, so you can go back to bed. I'll get you a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds good. Man. <laughs> we'll be right back. Eight discount. Hey, yeah. Hey, my, my Tom Bernard podcast number is number one. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the greatest stories I've ever heard. Make sure your swords are all tied for peacetime on this episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Brought to you, as always, by Bradshaw and Bryant. Great clips this week from Joe List. Anthony C. Ferrante and Steve O. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week. So-